Don't go chasing what's it called. Just listen to the tea with Tess and feel like you're used to. I know that you're gonna like it one way or not at all. But at least we're trying our best. I enjoyed that, especially your smile at the end. Right? Wasn't that a good one? You know what's funny? Other than me. Okay. Is that since we've called the podcast Tess and Fee, do you know how many more people call me Tess? (laughs) (laughs) I'm guessing a lot. And no one's ever called me that before. Hmm. Do you mind? I don't know. I'm just not used to it. You need the A. Tessa! (laughs) (laughs) Well, like, I've always been called nicknames my entire life. Yeah. So to hear either my real name or Tess is just kind of weird. Can we talk about some of your nicknames quick? (laughs) Quick? Real quick Real quick. Let's list them. Most of the, most people call me by a nickname. Most people do not call me Tessa or Tess. Most, no one really ever calls me Tess. What are the nicknames people call you? People usually call me Parker. Mm Mm-hmm. T-Money, T-Muns, Dickie, <laughs> um, Tisa, because one time I was at Starbucks, um, I told them my name, and they spelt it T-H-E-S-A, oh. Tessa, I guess, I don't know, but we went with Tisa, and yeah, so I've got a whole bunch of nicknames, but no one really usually ever calls me by my actual name. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And now that we're Tess and B. Weird. Why did you pick that? Just because it rhymed? Yeah. Yeah. Tea with Tessa and Fee. I guess so. It just rhymes. Because otherwise it'd be tea with Tessa and Fee. (laughs) Or like, would we have to do tea with Tessa and Fiona to get the A's at the end? But that doesn't even rhyme either. No. Tea with Tessa and Fee has a nice ring to it. It does have a nice ring to it. But yeah, I'm not used to being calling Tess. And yeah, it's kind of weird. I feel like I probably call you Tess. I think it's rare that I would ever call you Tess. If you ever call me by my name, I feel like you would call me Tess. But that really doesn't happen very often. No. I mean, in our text, it's usually, yo, dicky do. Yeah. <laughs> or some other things, yeah. you know. But never by my name. Yeah. I think it's weird when you call me by my name. Yeah. And because I've had nicknames my whole life, yeah. I find when someone calls me Tess, I'm like, oh, my God. I'm, I'm in trouble. trouble. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mommy's here Uh-oh. laying down the law. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm like, well, what have I done? Why is someone calling me by my real name? It's very weird. Yeah. Just thought I'd throw that out there. Well, see, I think Fee is like, I like Fee. I feel like, you know, Fiona. It's just so long. What was it, Bianca? Bianca. You have a lot of nicknames, too. I do. So. Yeah, I think, like, Bianca, mm-hmm. Fee, obviously Fifi, mm-hmm. which there's only a certain amount of people that are allowed to call me that, because otherwise I just, I, it sounds like a French poodle. Let's, let's admit it. Fifi, Fifi, come here. <laughs> you see, you see. <laughs> Um, Phoebe's and then Phoebe. <clears throat> I have very few names that I call you, though. Yeah, no. So. And then when we were in junior high, I remembered a couple guys used to call me Wayne Gretzky because I played ice hockey. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that was like the only person they could think of. Like, and so they just called me Wayne Gretzky, or well, yeah. that's not bad. Yeah, now there's a lot worse. Oh, way so. worse. Yeah, that's good. I don't mind them. I mean, I think out of all those, the one I dislike the most is Fifi. I thought it was the one I called you. I was like, don't say mine. (laughs) 
No, you rarely call me by my name. I, I think never if you were call like you by name. Fiona, I'd be like, <gasps> I don't think I've really ever called you. Fiona. Maybe in a card. Even in a card, I think you wrote. I don't Fee. think I do call yeah. you Fiona. I don't think I've really ever called you Fiona. Probably the day we met. Probably. <laughs> and then I was like, fuck this. <laughs> I don't want to call you that. It seems so long. Yeah, so much to say. <laughs> we got to find out something else. I'm just going to call you F. But how did we get to Dickie? I. Because mm. Fiona and I call each other that. Yeah. It's been a nickname between the two of us for at least 10 years. 100 years. <laughs> I guess. But I don't really know how I, that no. came about. We've had a lot of nicknames. Like That's true. Yeah. A lot of weird, weird nicknames. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but now we're just Tess and Fee. Yeah. Which no one ever calls me. <laughs> I got that right too. Oh, look at you go. So last week we had a little bit, we were saying, and we shared that we had had a bit of a heavy week. Um, do you want to give us an update, Tessa, on? <clears throat> but yes, good news. So obviously I went through my biopsy last week. And I got a phone call, was it last night, saying that the tumor that I have is benign. So no cancer for me. So this is a huge relief. Woohoo! And the tumor that I do have, they say that it's very rare that it will ever turn into anything cancerous. So yeah, I just keep getting my regular checks. And uh, that's how important it is. And hopefully, I'll be around for a little bit longer. You will be around for a little bit longer. Yes. And... We are so grateful. We are celebrating today. Yes. We are very happy. I was ecstatic. What was it like getting that call? Like when you saw your doctor? I was, my heart sank because I was like, oh boy, here we go. What kind of news is this? But um, yeah, the person I talked to was very nice and explained the whole situation. And just to hear you have a tumor, but that is non-cancerous was all I needed to hear. Did you contemplate not picking up the phone when you saw that? I 100% didn't pick up the phone the first time (laughs) because I was at work. So it wasn't an appropriate time to pick up because I thought, oh, God, well, if it's bad news, like I'm at work, I don't really need to do that. So, yeah, I immediately ignored it the first time. (laughs) But it was good news so now we can celebrate. And I know you were mentioning before we started our podcast how grateful you are because you also know that, you know, it could have not been yeah, good news. I'm and, very lucky. Yeah. Um, I had a friend tell me that their friend <clears throat> went through a biopsy around the same time I did, and their outcome wasn't as good. And different area, they have pancreatic cancer, so not a good um, diagnosis. And they're very young. They're in their 40s. So <clears throat> I almost felt a little bit guilty celebrating my news, but at the same time, I was very relieved and I just have to realize how lucky I am that my outcome was really good yeah and I think this is like a really important point though that a lot of us miss sometimes is that we can do two things simultaneously and have two feelings simultaneously is that at the same time as celebrating which you were totally entitled to celebrate because you are lucky and you're that's such a relief for you, your family. I know the toll it took, but you can feel all of those things while also feeling sad for the other person or, you know, sending them really positive thoughts and stuff. And 
yeah, it's, you know, we can have two feelings at the same time and they can conflict and be conflicting feelings where we want to celebrate our victories. And sometimes, you know, somebody else isn't going through, but it makes you even more grateful for. I just remember hearing the news and I was just like, oh my gosh, thank you to all the people that have sent me messages that have been here through this whole time. Cause this health care been health scare has been going on for like two years ish. And only in the last scan did it took a turn for the worst because it had grown significantly and that's why they were worried. So yeah, I just am grateful for all my friends and family that have been there for me the whole time, checking in on me, asking me questions and just checking in on me. And it feels really good. So I was so happy that I could message everyone the other night that loves me and has been there through this whole journey. And I could tell them, you know what? I'm good. That felt that was that felt really good. Yeah. I was obviously really happy, and Tessa obviously messaged me first. Obviously. So, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you were the first person I messaged because um, Mom and Michael were here. <clears throat> so, yeah, you actually were the first. Oh, yay. I think all of us just breathed a huge sigh of relief yeah. because, you know, that was probably one of our first real big health scares that we really had. So, yay. Um, a couple weeks ago we mentioned that we were going to talk about a really hard topic for a lot of us at the age that we're at right now, where we are watching our aging parents and a lot of us are preparing ourselves to lose our parents or in Tessa's case, sadly has lost a parent, um, back in 2019, Tessa lost her dad. May 17th. And can you kind of tell us about his journey before and so my dad and me were like two peas in the pod. We were like pretty much the same person. We're so funny, same humor, we're so close. <laughs> Let's just mention that the first thing she says is a compliment to herself. We were both so funny. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Um, and you know, when dad got sick and he was in the hospital, that was my first priority. I didn't care about anything else. I knew I had to work because I had a house, I had mortgage, I had payments, I had bills, I had stuff to do. But at the same time, that wasn't my first priority. I needed to focus on my dad and being there for him. So if anyone ever has a sick parent, relative, friend, family member, whatever, whatever, just know that, you know, work is always going to be there. Friends are always going to be there. Family's always going to be there. Your first priority needs to be being there for that person that's in the hospital. I would literally leave work the second I could. I would drive straight to Dairy Queen. i get my dad a vanilla milkshake, which always upset me because I'd try and drink it on the way to the hospital. <laughs> but I hate vanilla milkshakes. So if that was upsetting to me. I immediately have anxiety. I'd race there. I'd park and I'd sit with him all day and all night. And sometimes I try to have some normalcy in my life because you need to you know I need time to. for yourself. Yeah, I need to see my friends and thank God my friends were so supportive and were always there for me and understood that that was my first priority. <clears throat> and he was going to always be my first priority while he was sick and in the hospital and they could be there for me and support me from afar. But I wasn't going to go anywhere other than the hospital and spend time with him. And now your dad's journey from when he got sick till when he passed, 
How many months did that span? Well, it was a while. My dad worked in an engine room for his whole life. And so back in the day, there was no real big safety measures. So he had a couple different things going on with his health. One of the major ones was he had basically blood poisoning because of all the chemicals in the engine room and going through his body. And then his kind of organs shut down. And then we did find some cancer at the end that he was hopefully going to be treated for. But unfortunately, he passed before we could get him to Vancouver for that. Um, I haven't talked about this in a while. (laughs) I really haven't. If there's any little delays, you know, this is obviously a really hard topic and yeah I, just, I miss my dad every single day of my life it's been how many years four four and wow yeah I still miss him every day but the one thing that I can say is I don't have any regrets I literally spent so much time with my dad in the hospital I was there with him every day he would call me at two in the morning be <laughs> <laughs> like where's my burger where's my milkshake where's my pizza that's all I could think about and I just reassure him, you know what? I had to work. <laughs> I had to get up in a couple hours and go put in a couple hours on my shift. And then I'd be there immediately. And I spent literally for like a long time my life in the hospital. And yeah, I was there for the minute he went in. And for the last breath, I was there the minute he passed away. So I don't have any regrets about that kind of stuff. I was there for him and... I think that's what's important. That should be what matters to most in your life is just, that's what matters. Spend that time with that person. And now, what advice would you give anybody that might have an aging parent or a parent that's not well? Is there anything that you think like, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful for? You know what? I just think aging parents is one thing but if your parents get sick or have health scares you just need to put yourself in a reality check and realize that your life will probably go on afterwards so you need to take that time and spend time with them go traveling do whatever you need to do dinners birthdays see them as much as you possibly can because they're not going to be here forever and when they do go it hits you hard and fast And you think you're going to have so much more time with them. I thought my dad was going to live into his 80s. And um, I think he didn't make 60. So, you know, you think you have all this time with your parents and you don't. And obviously, once he passed, there was a huge stage of... Because I want to say the grief never ends. Your grieving period never ends. You just get used to it. And what were some of, for people that maybe you have a friend who's losing a parent, lost a parent, or is struggling right now, how would you, what was the best way for people to support you? You know what? For me, I couldn't see a lot of my friends because my dad was my whole world and that's what was most important to me. Just the support of friends texting, sending me pictures, notes, support. I love you. That's what I needed to get through. 
just feeling that love and support and not feeling like I was being a bad friend because I couldn't see them or I couldn't make it to this party or I couldn't make it out to this event that they knew that that was okay and that obviously my dad was my number one priority and you know what you have to put friendships and stuff aside almost at that point and just hope that your friends are going to be those friends that you care and rely on and that will just be there for you and understand that that's you know I'm sorry you're not my first priority right now and just the texts the calls the bottles of wine the food the just small support system gestures it was it was huge because I wasn't thinking about eating I wasn't thinking about doing anything I just wanted to visit my dad come home drink a bottle of wine get up go to work and repeat my day and what did you find like obviously after he passed it was a huge emotional toll not only for you but also you were your mom's support Mm -hmm. so what did you find that was really helpful for you and her at that time for was it just similar kind of yeah just being there for each other like just support visits dinners I wasn't home a lot during that time because I knew that my mom needed me so that was my next concern was my mom and so I'd come over and get my mom up get her out of bed be like you know what we gotta we gotta we gotta do some stuff today because I could have just sat in bed I could still be in bed and not move but you know what I had to be my mom's support and be my mom's rock and I had to be really strong to make sure that she wasn't going to go down a really bad rabbit hole and so it was just trying to pick up the pieces and again it was just support from family and friends at that point and my husband to know that that was my main concern at that time and we just got to take it day by day. And now do you think, this may be a silly question, how do you think we can best prepare ourselves for, because inevitably a lot of us are going to go through this in the next, I mean, hopefully not near future, but there are people that will go through this in the near future that are in our age. How do you think you can best prepare yourself for? I don't think there's possibly anywhere to prepare because I thought my dad was coming home. I thought my dad was coming out of the hospital. I thought I was going to be basically his nurse, giving him his medications and IVs and stuff like that for home care because they were going to train me on that. And uh, yeah, it took a real turn for the worse. So like there is no preparing for it. I think that mostly you don't prepare. You just, you're just there for them when they need you. Support them, love them, give them anything they fucking want because that's all they need. There's no preparing for it at all. It's the worst thing I've ever been through in my entire life. So yeah. Well, we really appreciate you sharing all this. I know this is quite a heavy topic. Um, you know, and the reason we decided and we chose to discuss this is because we know Tessa knows that she's not alone. We know there's other listeners, other people who are either preparing and their parents are sick or they are just watching their parents age, which is a really hard thing. You know, as, as we grow up, our parents are a lot of us, if, if we're lucky and have great relationships with our parents, um, 
and also I don't take that for granted because not everyone does, you know, they are the person that we, we call first with exciting news, scary news. You know, they are generally people we want to share things with. They're the people's we go for advice. So watching them age and. Well, one thing like last night when I got the good news, one of the first persons I wanted to text was my dad. You know, you can't do that anymore. And I think that we all think our parents are going to live till 80s and 90s and they're just going to die from old age and there's kind of the best life. And I wish that for everybody, but that's not always the case. And it fucking sucks. And like Tessa said, you know, Sven was hilarious. Like, like Tessa. Yeah. <laughs> Don't forget, like Tess. Um, and that's a huge hole. Now, on a kind of like lighter, happier, are there things that you do now that, to kind of celebrate him, celebrate his life? Oh, yeah. Any like new <clears throat> traditions that you've kind of incorporated to holidays or anything like that? We still keep him involved in things. I still talk to him all the time. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's a weird dynamic because like I say, you still want to, I still think my dad is here and I want to text him and I want to call him and I can't do that anymore. I can't give him another hug. I can't talk to him anymore. And just even the smallest things that you, you know, maybe not think of like just hearing his voice is huge and that I can't do that anymore. So it just, people take things for granted. And I just think, you know, love every second of the life that you have with your parents or even it's friends, family, whatever, loved ones, ones, anything, just take in every moment of it because life is short. Mm -hmm. And is there any, like, do you look back and think, is there anything that you wished you could have done differently? Or like, do you wish you would have taken more videos, more pictures? Um, I take a lot of pictures. (laughs) (laughs) So not necessarily that because I did take a lot of videos and pictures, but you know what? The only thing that I wish was that I was rich and that I didn't have to work and worry about making money to pay bills because like, again, my dad was my number one priority. The minute that I was off shift, I was at that hospital. So knowing that someone's at the hospital kind of alone and maybe confused or sick and not in their right mind, you want to be there all the time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if there was one thing I could change, it would be that I was rich enough that I didn't have to work and worry about money and worry about anything. I could just focus 100% yeah. on that. And this might be a weird question that I, I don't actually know if you'd be able to answer. Boy, you're putting me on the spot. But I think it's an interesting one. Are there things that you did that you know your dad really appreciated? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> freaking bringing him food every day. <laughs> freaking vanilla milkshakes every day. Ugh, the worst milkshake. Who picks vanilla? Like, honestly, out of all the milkshakes you pick, seriously. But then I'd bring him all this good food. He'd be like, well, I got shepherd's pie for lunch from the hospital. Okay. Well, you have pizza in front of you. I'm not hungry anymore. I ate my shepherd's <laughs> pie. Like, okay. That's cool. Frustrating. But no, every time I got there, um, my dad wasn't really able to use his phone a lot at certain times. So pick up his phone, read him all his texts, listen to his voicemails with him and tell him all the stories about friends and family that loved him and knew him and yeah just talking to him shooting the shit keeping him comfortable 
just important. Trying to make him feel as normal as possible because I'd take him out in his wheelchair to get some fresh air in the sun. And then all he would say to me is, I want to go back to my hotel room because <laughs> they treat me so well there. And I was like, okay, well, like I'm here. Like, let's go for a walk. But all he wanted to do was go sit and watch football. He was. Which I don't blame him for because I was like, kind of like, oh, no, I'm a football game. Well, let's go watch that. And your dad was a huge Vikings fan. Which they lost. I did see that. So Very disappointing. I was really hoping that they'd have like a great season for him, but. Yeah. He used to say that every every football season, this is Vikes' year. This is the year you're going to do it. I don't think they've done it. I think that they're kind of like the Canucks. They come close, but they never quite seal that. No. They do really well, well usually, yeah. in the beginning. Then they kind of suck, and then playoff, they just bomb, and then they're out. Yeah. So. And now, because this will happen likely for you, next it's you'll watch somebody else go through it Mm -hmm. with aging parents and watching parents get sick what would you do for your friend so if it was me and one of my parents was aging what would you do for me that you think like I think it's really hard because I think everyone's different mm -hmm. everyone's different in how they perceive sickness or death and grieving some people will sadly which I've had be like oh well just get over it well you know, you, you can't like, sorry, get out of my life. And, um, other people love hugs and they like to be talked to and they like everything. I'm that person that if I'm upset and you start talking to me, I'm just gonna start crying. If I'm upset and you give me a hug, I'm just going to start crying. So I just think it's really, it's really important to know your friends Mm -hmm. and your family members and how they deal with things. Some people, want affection some people want to talk about it others just want your presence they want you to come over and have a glass of wine and literally not talk about it because it's too hard so I just think it's just really knowing your your peers and I think you touched on a really great point and one that we've discussed quite a bit is like understanding that there's no one way to grieve and there's no right way to grieve and there's no time limit Exactly. And I think having that as such a core value for people to understand that, like you said, this has been four years and you're still grieving Mm -hmm. the loss. Sure, you can probably talk about your dad more now than you could when it first happened, but the grief is still there and it still carries on and understanding that everyone's going to agree differently. And like you said, to support your friends is really listening and knowing them and knowing how they want love, how they respond in sad situations and when they're dealing with grief, what it is that they want. So I think that's such a great point to just, a, if you don't know your friend, reach out and ask them, how can I support you during this? Obviously I'm thinking of you and knowing like, sending you all the love, but asking your friends, like if they are going through these things, just saying, how can I support you best? Because sometimes when we deal with maybe a lesser grief, we might deal with it differently, but when it is so personal and so deep, we may respond in such a different way. Um, And I remember like you, you obviously know me, (laughs) we've been friends for a few years, but you knew that you couldn't just come over and, hug me and talk about it 
I didn't want to. He would just come over with a bottle of wine and we'd just sit there and talk about other things because that's the way I needed to deal with things because if you started talking to me, I'd just cry the whole time. And for me, I'm trying, I always try to be a pretty strong person. And when it came to dad, I wasn't. And I just needed you to come over and have a glass of wine and sit in the backyard and hang out. That's what I needed at that time. And you knew that you weren't not bringing up my dad and not asking me questions about it at the time because you didn't care. You just knew how I was, how I deal with things. And that was your way of supporting me. And that's exactly what I needed. Um, when dad first passed away, there was a lot of people I didn't want to see. I didn't want to talk to. And it's because sometimes your friends don't know what you're needing or looking for. And you were just like, Hey bitch, come over for wine. And it was like, absolutely. Thank you. We didn't have to hash anything out. We didn't have to talk about anything. We didn't have to hug. Yeah, we didn't. I couldn't hug you. No. <laughs> I literally couldn't. I actually think before I saw you the first time, you said, don't hug me. Yes, that is exactly <laughs> what you said. You cannot hug me yeah. or the entire time you're here, yeah. I will be bawling. Yep. And so it was like, like an elbow. Hey, nice to see you. Yeah. It was just like, here's some wine. There's the wine glasses. Let's fill them and just hang out. And that's what I needed. I couldn't talk about it. I didn't want to talk about it. Not that I didn't want to, but I, I just couldn't. And so, I don't know, you just find out which friends are really there for you and know you and support you and what you need. And I think that's really important. And as we kind of come to our conclusion of this episode, we hope that you found some kind of benefit or I don't even know what the word I'm looking for is, is that maybe you found this useful and enlightening. Um, as I said to Tessa before this episode, if this is your parent, one of the best things, as I mentioned, my husband's dad recently passed away. And one of the nicest things somebody wrote in our card was to remember that that person is never gone because they are living inside of you. Literally, they are part of you. Yeah. And so they're part of you and, you know, no one can ever take away <laughs> never no one can ever take that away no. that they are a part of you and they will always be a part of you and those memories will last forever and yeah hang out talk do whatever you need to do take in all the memories pictures videos but because it doesn't last forever and just remember if you are grieving there's no right or wrong way and there's no time length and do not ever allow anybody to tell you that you're doing it wrong mm -hmm. or it's not right or that you need to move on. And it's really sad that there is people that do that to you. And of course, as always, I'm a huge fan of counseling. I love it. Sometimes when we lose parents, it is huge to go and just talk to somebody, um, talk to somebody, write a letter. I know that, like Tessa said, we can no longer communicate with them, but it doesn't mean that they're still not listening. If you believe in that kind of thing, which clearly do. we do. <laughs> um, just remember that they're always with you. And rely on your friends. Your friends know you. Your friends can also be your counselors. If you don't feel maybe comfortable going or you're just not ready yet, your friends can be really good counselors or ears or just someone to be there with. It's really important. 
Surround yourself with love. Yeah, exactly. Sweet love. Oh, here we go with another song. I guess we're exiting on his <laughs> love. Sweet love. It's the only thing that there's just too little love. What the world needs now is cheers. <laughs> 